0: This is the Next Trip Podcast with Aviation Insiders Doug and Drew. Together, with more than 40 years of industry experience, they are creating a network for other avgeeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. All thoughts and opinions are their own.
1: Good day and welcome to Boarding Pass 106, operating on December 6, 2021. This is Doug and I'm here with my fellow industry insider, Drew. We're two avgeeks creating a network for airline, airplane, airport, and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Drew, we su- survived the first real test of the holiday season, which was Thanksgiving. We we both had to work. How was your week?
0: It was uh, noticeably calm. It wasn't like other Thanksgiving weeks. It's not that the load factors were low. We were as high. Actually, you know, you talk. We talk about the numbers being almost ninety percent of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Where I work, from what we saw, it was a hundred percent. Yeah. Of twenty nineteen. Yeah. The good thing is the weather was great. So it was a smooth operation. No major issues around the country. Um, New York had some snow in the morning, but that was that moved off the coast mm-hmm. by mid morning.
1: Yeah, I, I think the only the only real weather system went like north of Boston, and luckily there's not a lot up there yeah. when, when it comes to connectivity and and maybe people going into Portland had some issues, but beyond that, yeah, the majority of the country was was fine the whole weekend. Yeah,
0: blue skies. No major issues. um You had a smooth flight back, right? I mean, you were doing Uber between <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Houston and San Jose. You were in San Jose three times. Is that right? No,
1: I was there. I was there twice for two and a half nights, basically. Yeah, I, I got called off reserve. I, I sat short call on Wednesday, which means that if I get the call, I had to be at the airport within two and a half hours. And then I got mm-hmm. assigned a trip out. It wasn't technically off of short call, meaning like I didn't have to get there in two and a half hours, but I was assigned a trip for the following day when I was done with short call. And yeah, we flew down to Houston and then we did two round trips from Houston to San Jose, Costa Rica.
0: Costa Rica, I forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah, that spent, difference. spent the night,
1: <laughs> spent the night the first night. And then the next day we flew San Jose, Houston back to San Jose. So yeah, we were, we're, as you said, we were Ubering, we were running the, the bus <laughs> service between San Jose <laughs> and Houston.
0: That was your first international
1: trip. It was. So you got it, with, you know. Yeah, with, with this airline. And and Drew, it was actually my first time out of the country since pre COVID.
0: And remember you were about to get Belize and you were upset? Yeah. That was only that wasn't that long ago.
1: That was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was a
1: good trip and it was it was fun to be out of the country. And I can tell you in, in Costa Rica, things felt Close to normal. Uh, people were wearing masks and, mm-hmm. and whatever. the The streets were packed. The stores were packed. Mm-hmm. The restaurants were packed. The the flights were packed. Everyone was was happy to be out and about. And yeah. I I wasn't really sure what to expect with international travel uh, again because this is my first time doing it during COVID. But no, it was it was fine. It, it felt normal. I went to an amazing restaurant. I know I sent you those pictures. Steak. The steak <laughs> and the, and the grilled pineapple. It was like a Central South American barbecue restaurant. Yeah. Really, really good. <laughs> I do have to... No, that's awesome. I, I have to give a shout out, though, to my captain, Captain Dave, who might be a new listener. He Drew, I, I was great. telling you, he's one of us. He's actually more than one of us. He I know. Flies the lounges
0: or, and the business class. Business
1: class flies just to fly. In fact, he and his wife just went to the Maldives, and he was talking about it. He's He lives in Phoenix, and so he has to commute from Phoenix, and so he just gets sometimes whatever ticket he can get. And he said mm-hmm. a lot of times he, he buys revenue tickets on American just because there are more offerings out of Phoenix. So he's executive yeah. platinum with American. So he speaks okay. he speaks the elite language and he, he turns to me at one point and goes, should I do a mileage run to re, to reclaim or regain my status for next year? Absolutely. And I was like, yeah, yeah you should. What, what are you looking at doing? He's like, well, you know, I think I'm going to do LA Doha next week on, on, Qatar. I haven't decided yet, but I, I mean, just so, really? just so, I lot, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm thinking about going to Doha for a mileage <laughs> run. I, I'm like, this guy, so fun. this guy speaks our language. So Dave, if, if you're listening, it was a great trip. Welcome to the show. Two more things I want to mention quickly, Drew, we're, we're going to talk about the Thanksgiving traffic. We flew over Vegas yeah. the other night on, on the arrival into San Francisco. Yeah. If, if anyone knows Vegas and I-15, Interstate 15 from Vegas to L.A. It's it's like a three and a half hour drive through the desert. Mm-hmm. Drew, I've flown over Vegas probably five or six times at night in the last two weeks. I have never seen I-15, a, a parking lot like it was on Sunday oh, night. Really? From Vegas off to the horizon, like 100 miles yeah. south, all we could see were taillights. Because everyone who had gone to Vegas for the weekend, for, for the holiday mm-hmm. weekend, was driving home. When we landed, I I looked it up and hopefully none none of our listeners were stuck in this. What normally is like a three and a half ish hour drive was like 12 Mm -hmm. hours on Sunday night.
0: This is great for us. On the last episode, we said maybe the road traffic will get so bad that people people will will want to fly. fly. (laughs) (laughs) And when you think about it, if they would have just bought a cheap ticket from LAX to Vegas, with the price, the way gas prices are, mm-hmm. that would have been pretty comparable oh, if it's like one or two people, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, LA to Vegas is is relatively inexpensive because there's so many flights to go between the two. The last thing I want to mention, I was telling you this picture this morning, was, Drew, I had a million miler on my flight on Sunday. Yes.
0: To, yeah, yeah. And I asked you if you talked to her, so I, you're going to tell me now.
1: Drew. Not not just, we, we find out, we know if, if we have a million or two million milers on the flight. That's, that's not really a big deal. The big deal mm-hmm. was she was getting her millionth mile with this airline on that flight on, on, on that, that, flight. that particular flight. That? Yeah. I, I made amazing. A, a couple of the, I, I was a pilot monitoring the the captain was flying that leg, which meant that I talked to the passengers and a couple of times I mentioned her by name and, and congratulated her for getting a million miles. And, and so we really appreciate your loyalty. Drew, I, yeah. to me as someone and, and you too, as someone yeah, who enjoys really flying, I can appreciate that. And it was so cool to be able to, to be able to do that and i i know mm-hmm. a lot of my friends who are pilots who aren't quite into aviation the way we are they would look at it and be like yeah. oh okay that's cool and then move on but for me when, it, when i saw that note it said please make sure that that you acknowledge her i was so excited i was like yes this is right gonna be awesome I, I get to <laughs> do this like I, I love doing this kind of stuff
0: now did you ever reach a million miles with delta
1: no i'm at like 750
0: did your did dale your dad he, reach it he
1: just got two million. Uh, couple weeks ago. So did they do anything like that where they... Main- I don't know if they made an announcement on the flight, but I do know that they sent him a little trophy type thing, like what one of those I think a, I saw that. One of those acrylic it, it said congratulations on 2 million miles.
0: Yeah, that's... What was her reaction? I, I don't know
1: because I, I was up front and and the door was okay. closed, so I'm, I'm not sure. And I don't know what the flight attendants did. I talked to them before we, we pushed back out of Houston and and just mentioned, and they said, yeah, we we got a note about it too. So I'd I don't know if they gave her a note or, or what they did, but yeah, it was, it was yeah. really cool.
0: That is so cool that we're doing that. Do you know that 80% of our revenue comes from like 20% of our customers, mm-hmm. the loyal ones that constantly fly on us? Yeah. And she's one of them. She's really, I mean, she's paying our salaries yeah. with all that spend. Another thing the Captain and I looked
1: up, she was not one of the top two levels of of elite, which which okay. meant that she's a slow burner, that it's just been a, a long, steady yeah, you know, she's not at the, the top tier where she flies a hundred thousand miles a year.
0: Uh, got she, it. It. It's, okay. It's still.
1: just been a slow, steady climb for her.
0: Yeah. But she's stayed with the same mm-hmm. carrier, which is cool. Yeah. Was she in first class? She wasn't. Mm-mm. She doesn't have to be in first class. Nope. My, I just have one thing and uh, it is a little bit of a tangent from what you just spoke about, yeah. but it's a question from a listener. So we can blame, we can blame Laura. Laura <laughs> <laughs> asked for uh, a refresher, a little refresher on de-icing. She said the last episode, she listened where we talked about it last year. Mm -hmm. She took that knowledge and then she shared it with people. And they were just so amazed at how smart she was. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be that smart. And it's just so quick. This is what we do at the airlines. And if you're flying a a private plane or a business jet, it's going to be different. Doug and I describe things from a a heavy jet perspective, Mm -hmm. right? For de-icing, if you're living in the Northern Hemisphere or you're... (laughs) You know, living in D.C. or New York and you're traveling and you're on the plane and you see the de people come up to the plane. I'm going to give you some things that can make you seem really smart very easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we use two types of de-icing fluids. So your plane, if some airports are going to be de-iced at the gate. Some airports will have the plane taxi out to uh, a specified location, mm-hmm. like at my airport. A centralized And then we'll de there. Mm-hmm. Centralized pad. The de crew will use... If it's, they'll use they'll do one of two uh, procedures. It'll be a type one and type four, or just type one. Type one is a fluid that's sprayed at high pressure to remove snow and ice. So if uh, the snow has stopped and it's just a matter of getting the debris, this the snow off mm-hmm. the wings, they would only use type one. You'll see steam coming out of it. It's it's hot. It's like one hundred and thirty to one hundred and eighty degrees, fifty five to eighty degrees Celsius. That's to remove the snow and it is orange. So when you see orange, you know that that's type 1 fluid. Yeah. It's also sh- that color, Doug, so that there's no confusion on what's going on in the airplane for the c- crew and the DX mm-hmm. crew. Now, if it is continuing to snow, we got to put something else on it as a protectant that will last longer. In that case, we use type 4. You may have a situation where you see the type 1, you see the orange fluid, and then if it's still snowing right after that, you'll see us applying type 4. Four. which is what color this has a long
1: it's green, green. it's like a lime green it's like a slimy it. lime green
0: that has a longer hold over time uh so if it's still snowing it's it's a protectant if you will that's dyed green what is a hold over time do hold over time do want it's me the, to get into the question yeah do you, do you want to answer that right. i have it but let's yeah. It up
1: uh, a hold over time if it's actively precipitating at the time that you get this fluid applied you go into for us, it's either A cars. We we send away an A cars message, or as a backup in case we don't have A cars or it's broken or, or something like that, we have an app that has holdover times and we put mm-hmm. in this is the time that the application started, because it's based on when the application starts. To mm-hmm. we then put in the the type of precipitation, the amount, the temperature, how how bad it is, et cetera. And it spits out this number and it says if you're not airborne within. 23 minutes or 15 mm-hmm. minutes or, or whatever, you have to reapply the type four, type four fluid, which is why I drew at certain airports where they de-ice or anti-ice at the gate, it can be really mm-hmm. tight, meaning you, yes. you have to be communicating with ground and tower and say, we just started the application. Our holdover time is 13 minutes. We're going to have to push and, and get to the runway ASAP, and and so <laughs> ASAP. It. So then they have what's called metering, which is where they basically they schedule in time every departure to make sure everyone gets out. These centralized right. deicing pads are much better because you lit. We we call them drive-throughs. You literally drive mm-hmm. up, shut okay. the engines down, they deice, start them back up, and the runway is right there, and you can go.
0: So what you described is exactly what we have. So we we don't deice at the gate. Planes taxi out. We have a centralized spot. And you know, I'm I'm biased because that's how my airport does it. it it's much better because mm-hmm. there's no clutter around the plane. Yeah. You don't you're not you don't have a jetway and bag tugs in the way of anything. To de ice, you fly a seven thirty seven. How long do you think it takes us to do just type one? Say it, it has snowed, it stopped snowing, just type one on a seven thirty seven. It's probably about t- ten minutes. Probably... Ten minutes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Ten to fifteen minutes on a seven thirty seven. And if we have to do type two, it can go up to 25 minutes. On a triple seven, Doug, 25 minutes for just type one, and it could be up to 45 minutes for type one and two. Because you are literally, if you think about it, guys, it's like painting a triple seven twice. Yeah. Covering all that surface area. The other thing good about this um, remote de-icing, where we have it is right next to the runway. Mm -hmm. So as far as holdover times, which you talked about, we go. have less of a risk. We yeah. just go. Right after they're de they can taxi out, take off. Some of these airports, if you're at Chicago O'Hare on a busy day, you get de-iced, it's not unforeseeable that you are going to exhaust most of that holdover time taxiing to the runway. Yeah. It could be 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. O'Hare just built a centralized facility, though. I haven't used it yet, But because it used to be at the really? gate. Yeah, it used to be at the gate at O'Hare, and they just finished building a centralized pad. Yeah. Well, hopefully,
0: we'll hopefully do- that helps yeah doug this is a tangent but we'll do another story on this in frankfurt have you seen this they have something that's like a car wash Mm, it's a a covered thing where the planes drive through we'll look at that but that would be ideal if you could just set that up and you don't need all these trucks if you can just do it efficiently with a car wash we'll look gotta have the money to build that though that's (laughs) that's the
1: problem especially right now yeah. with, with covid downturn and, and all that
0: no so that's my week and thankfully as i said the weather is calm so we have a lot of time for this uh de-ice training and uh to get ev- all of our ducks and trucks in a row if you will <laughs> <laughs> that was no, that was a good tangent pretty good right yeah and you i noticed you said precipitating yeah is that a word
1: i, I believe so yeah okay we'll look at it. <laughs> the, the listeners will let us know if it's not but I'm i'm pretty sure it is yeah okay precipitating yeah or it could just be yeah, i'm sure it probably is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well it's
0: better better than uncertainty uncertainty I think, is the yeah. <laughs> 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 all right well all right.
1: we have to commend every airline over the last week and a half fewer than one percent of the flights were canceled over the holiday weekend something that came as an unexpected surprise after months of operational meltdowns by several big u.s airlines
0: yeah, absolutely, Doug. It's also commendable because the airlines have cut their permanent staff levels by about 20% during the pandemic. Yet the total passengers carried over the holiday week was only down 11% compared to 2019. In our office, we're down a lot. We were down 30%. We're getting a, a, some of that back. Mm-hmm. And we were basically 100% of 2019. And we're so we are doing more with less. Yeah, the people are doing a great job. It is Hard, yeah, you know, because we're doing more work, but we're more efficient. We have new tools that help. Well, you make a good point there, Drew. This this
1: stat saying that we're down eleven percent—that's across all segments, all sectors, international and domestic. That that's just the number of people who have gone through TSA screenings. With international being yeah. down as much as it is, I, we'll we'll have to look into the numbers as they start to come out a little bit more. But I would venture to guess the domestic was close to, if not at, a hundred percent of Oh, I'm sure that it's the international, yeah, yeah. the international that's still dragging that number down. I, and I saw it in the airports, the airports were packed, the airplanes full, every flight that I was on was was full, which was great to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, I tell um, we're gonna talk about my mom, but she flew here and back and her flights weren't 100% full, but they were just close. they were like mm-hmm. five seats open. Yeah. Well, if
1: you remember, we asked the listeners to predict the highest number of passengers carried on a single day over Thanksgiving. We said we'd send some Next Trip swag to the winner. Even if it was Drew or
0: myself, we would still send send the swag. <laughs> Doug, I am not sending you some Next Trip swag. <laughs> no, so you can no, get it. No leggings. If you want some Next Trip, yeah, I mean, you're sitting in a closet during the <laughs> for acoustics. Yeah. So there's probably a Next Trip t-shirt. Feel free to, to put it to on. To keep that. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, how, did things, no, I mean, how at, did things pan out? Doug, I have... I have to go back and listen, but I believe that you said two million four hundred and forty-eight thousand.
1: Right? Is that what you I said? I think I said two million five hundred forty-eight thousand. I think I was above. Oh. Yeah, I, I was above what our what our winner actually got.
0: Remember, I said, ah, oh, you're going to be like prices right yeah, and bid two thousand. Yeah, and I think I. So if, yeah, if if you're saying that, then I bid two million five hundred fifty thousand.
1: I think so. Yeah. Does that sound right? That sounds right. So we were close. We were.
0: Mm-hmm. We were very close. Let's see what actually happened. So Sunday, the 28th, was actually the highest day. It happened to be the highest day since February 2020. TSA screened 2,451,300 passengers on Sunday. We had quite a few guesses and only one winner. Our buddy Steve from Los Angeles. Congratulations, Steve. He guessed 2,500,000 screenings. Steve, we're gonna get your info and we will send you some next trip merch. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, Drew, I was telling Marissa this yesterday. There's a reason why all the TV shows that he pro- that he produces are hits. He he knows He's a smart guy. he knows how to pick them. He knows how to guess <laughs> them. Yeah, my, my wife loves all of his shows and he knows how to predict a winner. So congrats, Steve. That's that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Anyone else we want to mention? Let me I have the list here. There were some people that were close. You know, initially I TSA sent out a number saying it was two million eight hundred whatever yeah, that was and the I 2019
1: was... <laughs> number. Yeah, they had to re- <laughs> recant the statement.
0: I they had to recant and then I actually sent out thank goodness it was early in the morning. I sent out the Greg one. <laughs> and Greg was like, "Oh, that's 2019." It's like, "Oh no. 2,500,000." <laughs> so Steve was the closest and just just to mention a few people, a lot of people guessed numbers but Marilyn was two million three hundred seventy thousand. She's in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ in Raleigh, Durham, not that far off. Two million six hundred ten thousand. Jason uh, in Spokane, two million six hundred twelve. And uh, let's see, Ryan, Ryan Kaufman, two million two hundred twenty-seven. Lo- like, yeah, he lowballed you
1: know, that one. Cheap. Yeah, come <laughs> on, Ryan.
0: Come on, Ryan. We're doing better than that. Everyone, thanks for playing and. Con- Congrats, Steve. We had a relatively short. Was that a short warm up? It was supposed to be it, longer it, than It
1: wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is good. It, it ended up being longer than what we expected.
0: Yeah, we can thank uh, Lara, of course. (laughs) All right, let's get to some news topics, which I'm sure our listeners are anxiously awaiting our opinion on. Doug, what's going on? Okay, before we get into
1: the news topic that I think every listener expects we're going to talk about, I've got three stories. I'm just going to read the the title. Mm -hmm. Let me know which one you want us to just real quickly talk about before we get into this. You ready? Yes. First one. Ugandan man arrested for selling fried grasshoppers on flight. That's from the sun (laughs) times. Number two, Uh number two is from USA today. Woman runs onto LAX tarmac tells officer she was in quotes, trying to flag down the aircraft, according to police as one does as one does. And then the, (laughs) the final one, let me know if you want to hear about any of these three is from, I can pick. Yeah. From business insider, Las Vegas airline offers $1,000 tickets for mile high club flights. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my goodness I'm, I'm it's a family we, show so. we
1: don't have to talk about any of those those are just three headlines that i literally as we began recording i was like okay are we yeah. are we missing any news any before breaking we start? news. and these three were like the top and i i just had to mention it,
0: yeah <laughs> i actually i didn't hear about the grasshopper buy on board or or free on board yeah. i did hear about the woman flagging, flagging down i airplane. saw that clip yeah yeah it just seemed like The story. I mean, the headline just seemed like it was normal. Like she's just trying to flag it down, calling a bus, (laughs) like hail hail, or an Uber or something, hailing
1: a cab. I digress. Let's get to the the story of the week. Actually, probably the story of the month. This is from CNN Business. Travel is back, but Omicron could change everything. Drew, I had to look up how it's pronounced, and apparently, it can be pronounced several different ways.
0: Omicron. Omicron. I thought it was Omnicron. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently,
1: uh, Marissa said that. President Biden said Omicron. So then other people started saying it and I was saying I was saying yeah. Omicron, but I guess it's omic- omicron. Uh-huh. Omi- omicron Omicron. Yes. Well late last week a new Well, at least they didn't name it after an airline this time. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's true. This the spirit variant.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> late last week a new variant of COVID dubbed Omicron was named a variant of interest by the World Health Organization. Originating in southern Africa, the variant is presumed to be more transmissible than the current prevailing variant worldwide, Delta, or as Delta Airlines calls it, the mm-hmm. Dixie variant, or the, the, the Dixie variant, or the, the B B B1.1. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Many countries around the world immediately sprang into action and closed their borders to citizens of several southern African countries, including South Africa. The variant has now been identified in dozens of countries around the world. Airline analysts worry that the uncertainty about Omicron and the rise in cases could delay business travel reopening and could lead to fresh lockdowns around the world. However, what, what did we see President Biden said yesterday about the lockdowns?
0: Yeah, I didn't catch that. So he's saying he doesn't see any additional travel restrictions, which is good mm-hmm. news for
1: us. Or or lockdowns. Yeah, which which is really good. Yeah. Data shows, however, that U.S. airline bookings have changed very little in the last week since Omicron was first identified, which is a good sign. According to an article first reported by the Wall Street Journal and now widely available from other news outlets, BioNTech founder Dr. Ugar Sahin says, in quotes, don't freak out about the new variant, end quote. He believes Hmm. vaccines will will still remain largely effective against this and future variants.
0: Okay, so we have a doctor or a uh, company executive saying don't freak out. And this is just this is just coming out. I have heard anecdotally, from uh, the doctors in South Africa, that the symptoms are very mild. Very it mild. Was... I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah, but but I think it's the right. I, I think people are properly cautious, mm-hmm. right? Considering how we how how COVID took over the whole world while we yeah. were just you know watching it happen.
1: Yeah. Some of the some of the knee jerk reactions though are a little bit. How do I say? I don't I don't want to say upsetting, but frustrating. To like mm-hmm. some, some of these countries who just automatically said borders are shut, borders are locked down. Drew, COVID yeah. is COVID is never going away ever. In our in our lifetimes, in my children's lifetimes, COVID will never go away and be eradicated. And the faster that we can figure out how to live with it and not yeah. freak freak out every time something some news comes out about it, it's it's here to stay. And I thought that yeah. we were doing a really good job. People didn't really freak out about Delta quite as much. And then this came out and it was like, it was almost, it almost felt like it was back to February of 2020 when all of a sudden everyone's running for the exits, everyone's closing the doors. And it's like, guys, we've, we've been here for the last 18 months. We know how right. to, we're, we're learning how to live with it. We don't need to freak out like this every time some new news comes out about COVID.
0: Yeah, but I think even with Delta and now with this, there's this initial freak out by everyone. It's like, oh, my God, is this the one that will have tolerance to all mm-hmm. these these um, vaccines? But from what I'm hearing, and once again, it's all breaking news, it seems like the current vaccines are good at suppressing it. This gets us to our ne- next news topic. Are these countries jumping the gun? And there's a bunch of them that have put in restrictions immediately, and are they really thinking this through? I don't think you and I are well versed enough in viruses to make a judgment on that, but it seems like they are, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, what we have around the world. Morocco suspended all incoming international flights for two weeks. That's really going to hurt them. You know, when travel is coming back, that's a huge uh, tourist destination. Yeah. This is big, Doug. I think this happened yesterday. Japan banned foreign visitors until more is known, as did. Israel, that's really going to hurt, it's gonna you hurt know, them. They're yeah, they're emerging, you know, re-emerging aviation market. So did Israel. The UK, This is really bad. The UK introduced mandatory PCR testing for all arriving passengers and said they must self-isolate until receiving negative results. You know, we, we non-rev, that's a big non-rev destination. Mm-hmm. I'm not even considering the UK now, yeah. you know, if, if you have to quarantine even for a day. The Philippines said passengers from several European countries are no longer allowed. Spain banned travel for those coming in from the UK. Emirates warned Omicron could cause significant traumas for the industry. Ryanair CEO Michael O'Leary said there's no reason to cancel flights or close borders due to reports and testing confirmation that the variant was already circulating around the globe before it was even flagged by South African countries. So he's, he's saying, South African scientists, so he's saying it's already been around. It's already been Why around. Why are they freaking out? Mm-hmm. Two domestic airlines, Delta and United, said they aren't cutting South Africa flights. And United even went ahead and launched a service from Washington to uh, Lagos, Nigeria, on schedule. Mm-hmm. Those airlines aren't freaking out.
1: Yeah. Drew, as you mentioned, we're not virologists or doctors or anything. But looking again back at the last 18 months, it, the cat's already out of the bag. It, it's already been spreading around the world. So what does Closing Borders do? not nothing it's it's already out it's already circulating look at the us the us finally states about 12 months ago finally stopped banning travel from other states because remember there was a time where if you didn't live in new york if you were not a new york Mm -hmm. resident, you had to quarantine for 14 days when you came into new york states finally got rid of states finally got rid of that and if you look at the numbers and cases in the us it ebbs and flows right now it's down in the south it's up in the midwest Two months ago, it was down in the Midwest, it was up in the South, and we have open borders. And, and it's not yeah. this giant explosion around the country of, of cases. And that goes to show right. open borders, it doesn't really affect the the way that the virus works. Closed borders it doesn't really affect the way the virus works. It's it's going mm-hmm. to find a way, regardless of whether the borders are, are open or closed. We need to look at the long-term ramifications of closing down borders, I, re- I read an article this morning about Bali saying that before COVID Bali was overrun by tourism and they were trying to figure right. out a way to decrease it. Now no one is allowed in or very few people are allowed in and Bali is, it, their economy is crumbling because they, they don't have that influx of tourist money from a long term ramification, closing the borders, not letting people in is going to do far more damage in the long run than this new variant of uh virus that
0: is never going away right i mean if you want to stop the virus in its tracks stop everyone have everyone stay in their house for a month Mm -hmm. but then economies will crash people won't be able to pay their mortgages people won't be able to buy food we have to realize there's there's a there is some risk we have to take and i think right now it was scary in the beginning doug Mm because we didn't know but now we have vaccines we have procedures with masks and distancing that we should be able to continue on with life with just some precautions. yeah. And I I keep thinking about what Roxy, um, Roxy is a flight attendant for a large Middle Eastern carrier. We asked her thoughts about how safe travel was. She raised something that I didn't even think about. So for international travel, you have to show that you're vaccinated and you have to have a test, I would say for most flights, right? Mm -hmm. So you're on a plane where you know everyone is vaccinated, you know everyone's tested. It is much safer than going to any restaurant in dc right now i don't know that the people sitting right next to me are vaccinated or if if they have been tested Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean we have to keep commerce going yeah it's a balance and we're going to talk about sustainable fuels and all this in just a moment but it's all a balance we have to we have to do things that allow us to run the world and also have precautions to work around these risks, such as viruses. Yeah.
1: Should we move on to the next positive news stories? This is a, a juxtaposition from the last 10 minutes. These are good news stories, albeit they were reported late last week, right before this new variant de- development came out, but they highlighted how quickly things can change for the industry. This is from Reuters. Virgin Atlantic sees USD UK planes 60 to 70% full in the coming weeks. Shai Weiss, who's Virgin's CEO, said that flights leading up to christmas are close to 70 percent booked he also said he didn't <laughs> this is this is interesting on th- yeah. on thursday a day before all this omicron stuff started he said he didn't expect COVID to force borders to close again just days before the variant yeah. was announced bookings of three to six <sighs> three to six months out are still lagging however that's an indicator that booking trends have changed due to the pandemic drew people are waiting until closer to the last minute to book their flights which is making flight scheduling and crew scheduling and employee scheduling for the airlines really difficult because they they don't it know really is. they don't know if they should schedule this flight or go ahead with it or cancel it and the the booking trends yeah. are, are have changed during the pandemic.
0: You know, the UK is such a big destination for the US but all over the world. And the fact that the UK introduced that mandatory PCR test is concerning. So, Doug, I'm hoping in the next two weeks they lift that because that is really going to hamper international travel, Mm -hmm. you know, or people are just going to avoid the UK, which is not going to be good for them or us.
1: Not good for BA, not good for Virgin. No, definitely.
0: Yeah, and, you know... You know, when I see that they're happy about 60 to 70%, it's kind of sad, right? Mm-hmm. Because domestically, we are now seeing load factors in the 80%, 70, 70 and higher. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show we are far from recovery internationally if they're happy about 60% to 70% load factor. Which is not,
1: not even really break-even. Break-even, no. I, I think, is about 73% is what yeah. most airlines say.
0: Well, and at, at those rates are the fares. The fares are probably still low internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm seeing, I mean, just this is a real tangent, but I'm seeing airfares to Europe, $500 round trip. Yeah. You know, can they really be making much money off that? <laughs> that positive story went south. It did. <laughs> we had to, <laughs> it really we had to tamp it down with the Omicron. Yeah. And then this other story... This other story is positive. You know, we had Sean on last week, which was so much fun. And Doug, I got to tell you, it was, it was such an eye-opening interview because his world is so different from ours, right? Yeah. And it's also interesting because it's growing. A lot of people that are listening to this are probably in corporate aviation, or maybe they'll go into a corporate aviation career. This story, Doug, is from CNBC. The rich are getting richer, and they're fueling a private jet boom. This article directly relates to our guest, Sean, as we spoke about private jet demand is booming to the point where companies can't produce them quick enough. Even secondhand business jets aren't available in the market. Doug, that's what Sean said. Yeah. If you wanted to buy a Phenom 300, which is what he flies, you can't. It's It's, just not none for sale. It's so funny that
1: he mentioned everything in this article he mentioned, and this came out yesterday. I I mean, it it was such a timely, a timely article after having him on the on the show last week
0: it just seems like the guests we have are very timely you know having roxy on we planned to have roxy on and it happened to be the dubai air show Show. right yeah exactly (laughs) yeah no we're at the right place right time if you look at today compared to 2019 the market has exploded uh this is what a consultant at accenture told cnbc at the dubai air show business jet takeoffs and landings in the u.s are up 40 percent year over year and at the highest point since before the 2008 financial crisis, according to Morgan Stanley. Used jets are at their highest demand and prices in years, with used sales at their lowest levels ever. Sustainability issues have been brought up in the private industry in recent years, but Embraer has pledged to be carbon neutral by 2040. Private manufacturers and operators are also looking into SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuels, as a way to sustainability. And we have another story on that and uh, something about Embraer too. Yeah, Drew, I
1: I don't think we really need to dwell on the corporate part of it because we talked about it last week. Let's move right into that sustainable, the SAF fuels. You sent me two
0: articles. Well, I want to complain. I want to complain about this. This is not a good story for for us because are these people going from first-class cabins to private private. jets? Mm -hmm. So is Sean our enemy? Is he taking our high-value cabins?
1: Maybe maybe some, but I, I... I don't know. I, I still feel like if they're if they're rich enough to do that, they probably weren't flying first class, anyways. I I, I don't know. I don't know. M- maybe a little bit. But let's move on to those two articles that you sent me. United today flew or is about to fly a as we speaking as we're, we're speaking a flight from Chicago to DCA, I believe to to Reagan, mm-hmm. using one of its engines will have one hundred percent staff. sustainable aviation fuel.
0: Well, yeah, they're saying it's the first 100% sustainable flight. And it kind of is because that engine will be running the whole flight on 100% SAF. Mm -hmm. But the other engine is running on normal fuel. So it's a test. It's conventional because you can't, and it doesn't have revenue passengers. Mm -hmm. It has company employees and some people from these um, companies. So currently... You can only have fifty percent SAF mm-hmm. um, in the fuel, and when we're talking about SAF, it's the they call it the drop-in kind. So you can just drop it into regular fuel. So you can have part regular fuel and drop in SAF. It works well. You can mix it in with it. Yeah, the maximum is fifty percent. But listen to this with this SAF, Doug. It has eighty percent less greenhouse gas emissions than regular fuel that's amazing that's so 80% less but here's the drawback you know all this talk about SAF and we talk about it a lot right now this airline that's flying this plane they say they only have access to 0.1% of the fuel that they use they they only have access to 0.1% of SAF so it's a long way to it, go. well it's AMN. it's a it's a
1: burgeoning market it's going to take it's going to take years for us to get there and that, that's part of why Airlines like United and I know Delta and American have also announced that they they're looking at SAF as well. You have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You have to start with the testing like they're doing now and figure out how to yeah. how to ramp it up and, and get more in that in that direction. And then what's what's out from Embraer today as well?
0: Yeah, out from Embraer today. Embraer has signed a memorandum of understanding with Pratt & Whitney to collaborate on studies of 100% sustainable aviation fuel. This is important, Doug. Embraer makes the Phenom 300 that uh, Sean flies. Mm -hmm. And I I will say, it's not a secret, but there is a lot, you know, the rich are getting richer. They're flying these private planes, which proportionally, they're polluting more than the average person. Mm -hmm. They're going to get some pushback, from society, right? For pollution. This is something that they could do to counteract that if they can fuel their planes with SAF, you know, there's all that guilt that goes away. And also they'd be doing something good. Definitely. These are people that can afford a few dollars more for a sustainable fuel once it's, once it's available at a reasonable price, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. All right. I got to tell you one more thing. (laughs) Let me pull it up real quick. My friend Mike is a listener. Hey, Mike, thanks for listening. I mentioned this to him um, in a chat this morning, you know, talking about this flight. He says, ha ha, the whole plane smells like French fries. <laughs> yeah, because
1: <laughs> it's, <yeah.
0: laughs> it's like oil. And I said, oil. It's like oil. It's like, mm, okay, all right, add some bacon grease for first class. <laughs> and then he goes, that's not sustainable. And then I, and then I said, Not for my waist. (laughs) No, we went way off into a tangent. But you know, we had Stephen, my buddy, who worked at SFO Mm -hmm. when they were starting this program with the sustainable fuels, and he did say he said it it smelled like cooking oil. It smelled like mustard oil. Mm -hmm. Maybe that wafting smell of oil, peanut oil, bacon grease will draw people towards airports, you know, like the Cinnabon, like the Cinnabon <laughs> oh, smell. at the mall. I
1: know I'm at an airport or a mall <laughs> when I smell Cinnabon. Yeah. All right. Well, our, our last news story this week is another good one. This is from Yahoo. It says business air travel on the road to recovery. New data reveals. Again, this data was from before Omicron. We'll see it, how that impacts it. But this data is saying hotel bookings for the purposes of business travel are skyrocketing. Business bookings in Europe and the Middle East are up more than 4,000% since September. Wow. Bookings in certain parts of the world are even above 2019 levels. Miami is up 5%. Phoenix is up 84%. And Honolulu is up 139%. Amazing. Drew, my my in-laws are traveling to Honolulu today, actually, for a vacation. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Airlines for America, which is a trade group, believes that by September of 2022, a little less than a year from now, airline ticket sales will be 3% above pre-pandemic levels, much sooner than anyone anticipated. Ancillary fees are also up. These are the fees that are check baggage fees and internet fees and and things like that. They account for an estimated 14.4% of total revenues in 2021 compared to 2019, Mm -hmm. which was 12.2%. Even though airlines have dropped change, change fees, ancillary fees are even higher. And a lot of that comes from, yeah, it comes from the bundling of or people wanting to purchase additional things like seat upgrades, like internet, like transfer to and from the hotel, etc.
0: Yeah, they're making it so attractive to just press that button when you're in economy and they want to upgrade you to the more legroom Mm -hmm. seats. I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> Their marketing is excellent, mm. not just on our airline, but on, others. on, on Delta. I think we did, yeah. right? Because it was such a bargain. It's like you couldn't Could not refuse. do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't not do it. Yeah. With this Omicron and international travel, you talked about Miami is up 5%, Phoenix 84%, Honolulu 139%. That is only going to increase because people will be like, oh, can't go to London. Yeah, yeah. Where else can we go? I'm finding that people want to go someplace. And if it's domestic, they are going to go because um, they have cabin fever, mm-hmm. and I, you know, people are traveling like crazy. And you know, Robbie and I have never been to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And he also talks about going to the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. So do it once. Uh, yeah, once yeah, school, absolutely. once school mm-hmm.
1: is out, and and he's done for the for the summer. Yeah, maybe for spring break. Yeah,
0: yeah. Spring to, break,
1: to fly to Vegas, and then run a car and. Drive up to the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is gorgeous. It's it's really really cool to see. Yeah, Drew, I, I, this is actually a good transition. Despite all the negative news in the last week regarding this new variant, people are still choosing to travel. Let's quickly highlight the travel of those who are considered higher risk, namely our parents and my in-laws. Drew, your, your mom just visited you, and she flew in from Sri Lanka. I, I'm sure she gave you lots of stories. How how was it? Like what what was the experience like for her?
0: So the experience was awesome for her. She said it was not as she expected. She said she got there and is semi-normal. I really did not. I did not want her to go just because of all those restrictions and the hoops to jump through. And she's seventy-five, so I'm always have this worry, a little bit of a concern, Mm -hmm. but worry. But just like your parents, I can't tell my mom what to do. She's put got her mind to go. She was going, and she. I told you she went rogue on me. Yeah, she calls me from the airport to say she's about to get on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) she might be a closet avgeek i'm telling you so she flew to sri lanka she was there for two or three weeks we had already planned for her to come here for thanksgiving she said her goodbye she left there on the 21st flew for like 22 hours and then she flew here on the 23rd yeah (laughs) she was here for three days because i i couldn't get the week off so i only had a few days with her and she flew back and she said she couldn't sleep and it's like, oh, I feel so bad for you because you had to go to Sri Lanka and then you had to go. <laughs> Yeah.
1: But no, that I mean that's that's good to know that she was able to get in. Good to know that it felt normal over there, kind of like what I said I saw in Costa
0: Rica. Yeah. I mean, people want to travel. There's this pent-up demand, even for people who are older that are higher risk, they they're willing to take that mm-hmm. risk. And you know, my mom She is very careful. So she even said when she was there, she did her best not to hug people. She kind of kept a distance Mm -hmm. and she's taking those precautions. And, you know, you have to get a test to come back and she came back negative and she's back. And now she's planning her next trip to uh, Austin, Texas in a few weeks. She flies more than us, Doug. I mean, (laughs) leisurely anyway. (laughs) Now your parents are similar. What are they doing? Yeah, they just got back from a cruise. They're
1: actually on their way back from Florida today. They went to... San Juan, Saint Thomas, and Saint Kitts, I believe. Drew, okay. I I talked to them yesterday about it because I I knew we were going to record, so I just asked a few questions. Everyone above the age of twelve had to have a vaccination, and they had to get tested before the cruise. And it was only fifty mm-hmm. percent capacity. They said it was, the, and they've cruised a lot, Drew. They said it was the best cruise they've ever been on because I can imagine because no the, crowds, no crowds. The boat, the boat wasn't full they knew that every they knew that it was safe because everyone was vaccinated and tested the only people wearing masks were the crew which th- it was a requirement i guess for the crew to wear the masks but they drew they said the the crew kept telling them how happy they were that they were finally back and and the crew did not mm-hmm. feel like they were in an unsafe situation by being there they said we have been so ready to welcome you back and we are so excited that you're on board and this is awesome san juan
0: now your dad planned this when during the crisis right he had so much
1: confidence he was planning this cruise yeah they they booked it i think a year Mm -hmm. ago it it was it was basically they had a credit from a, a canceled cruise sometime during the pandemic that they needed to use up, and they said, "Well, let's mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving, let's go on an Eastern Caribbean cruise." And they said that St. They said that St. Thomas felt normal, that San Juan felt normal, even St. Kitts felt normal. People are getting out there and they're doing it again. My parents are of quote unquote high risk, and, and we've talked about that, but yet they, right. they're not letting the pandemic slow them down to to live life, and, and the fact that. Your mom, who's 75, my parents, who are almost 70, are doing this. And I mentioned a little Mm -hmm. while ago, my in-laws, they're off to Hawaii today with my wife's aunt. They're all of high risk. They're going to Hawaii for 10 days, five days in Kauai, five days in Honolulu, and they cannot wait. They've been so excited for this trip.
0: I forget, does, does Hawaii require travelers to be vaccinated? I believe so. I I believe so yeah,
1: when I went a couple weeks ago for work, I had to submit my vaccination card and then I had like a QR code to get in.
0: Not only is that a safe flight, that's probably a safe destination mm-hmm. for people who are at risk because most of them are vaccinated, you know? Yeah. And then I've got no that is a really new family friend
1: who uh, someone that I went to school with and, and grew up with who lives in Doha and her parents, again, who are higher risk, they're traveling to see her today. They're going, mm-hmm. they're going to Doha for a couple of weeks, and they had no hesitation in doing so.
0: Yeah. You know, and I'll just come back to a story we did a long time ago during the start of COVID, Doug, that uh, crew members, there's less prevalence of uh, COVID infection among flight attendants and pilots than the general public. Mm-hmm. That proves that it's safe go travel. Doug, we brought up length to wingspan ratios several episodes ago. We were in the middle of a flight and didn't have Wi-Fi, so we couldn't check Google just to verify. But we struggled to think of planes that had larger wingspans than lengths. Leave it to our listeners to uh, do some research for us for free. Yeah,
1: Drew, we, we need to start doing this. If we have a question, not even look it up, just ask the question. And let the, <laughs> let the listeners reach out to us.
0: Let <laughs> them do all the work. This, yeah, it makes the research so easy. What did they find? Yeah,
1: this is from Paul. He said, you guys do a fantastic job and I love listening. Thanks, Paul. It's really nice. On a recent podcast, length of aircraft was compared to wingspan. There are numerous aircraft that have wider wingspans. Mostly standard versions of the aircraft type or special longer range versions. He said the 737 600, 737 700, A318, A319, 787 8, 200 LR, and the 747 SP all have wider wingspans than the length of the airplane. Drew, I didn't realize the A319 as well.
0: Oh, what? I mean, it makes sense. It's so stubby, mm-hmm. right? It's so short. Yeah. I actually did some further research. I actually got on the computer and checked some of this stuff. Do you know that the 777-200LR, 777-300ER, and the A350-1000, they all have a um, wingspan of about 212 feet. Mm-hmm. The 777-9X and the 8X are coming out soon. Their wingspan, with if you don't fold the wings, because they have that option where you can fold the wings up, mm-hmm. their wingspan is 235 feet. Yeah. With the wing with the wingtips folded up, it comes down to two hundred and twelve feet. Yeah, do, do you know why? <laughs> why so it fits into the standard
1: gates. gate gate size? Yeah, mo- most gates are either internet or wide body configured or not, and it's mm-hmm. a standard size, and and that's what the air, the airlines basically design the airplanes for is those
0: well, those standard gate you, sizes. Right, and you are preaching to the choir because um, when I was thinking about this. They have to do that to make this plane competitive. When the 740, the 747 wingspan is just over two. the 747 400 wingspan is about 212 feet. Mm-hmm. 777 comes out and it's replacing the 747 similar wingspan so they can use the, the same, same gates. gates. Mm-hmm. In order to be competitive, it has to have a similar wingspan because you're going to have to basically redo all the gates. Where I work, it's a big international hub. We have a lot of wide bodies. We are just squeezing our current scheduled airplanes into, into those gates, mm-hmm. into those gates. so if we have a new aircraft type that doesn't fit on most of the gates, <laughs> that's a big annoyance and if that if I'm going to have that problem, they probably have that at SFO and Chicago as well yeah, and I'll tell you even the current planes, the newer ones that are coming out the nine, the seven eight seven10 not so much the wingspan because I believe it's the same as a dash nine. The plane is so long on some gates we have to park it in an angle Side, yeah sideways but, yeah, so it doesn't protrude get too close to the taxiway yeah. on two gates where we park that it takes out the gate next to it mm. which is horrible because now we can't have another plane there for the for our main departure bank yeah that's now I'm speaking not from an AvGeek perspective, but just from a spreadsheet. Oh, I hate the 7-8-10 because it takes up two gates. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I, on that note, I, I think we should probably end this. We don't want to lose any listeners. To our listeners, this podcast is your show. Go on our website, nexttripnetwork.com. Let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it or give us your feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Next Trip podcast. Please tell your friends about us
0: so we can reach more people who love aviation and travel. Thanks to our listeners for your support and for joining the conversation. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Visit nexttripnetwork.com for information about previous episodes, trip reviews, aviation photos, and other aviation-related content. This is your show, so search for The Next Trip on Twitter and let Doug and Drew know what you want to talk about. Not
1: on Twitter, you can also email them at next at gmail.com. Please consider
0: leaving a review wherever you download your podcasts. It will help other listeners like you discover this show.
1: I thought that once the kids got older, mornings would be easier because I can put them on autopilot and be like, hey, go get changed, go do this. Mm-hmm. But now they have like critical thinking and they're like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, no, go. Right now. Like, go, go, go. And then all of a sudden I heard screaming and Poppy's like, ew, it smells, ew, Pippa stepped in it. And it was like, you could see where her feet had gone. I was like, right. oh my gosh, are you kidding me?
0: Did Pippa even realize?
1: I, she must not have. <laughs> no. So Marissa was like picking it out of her toes and I was cleaning up
0: the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good thing you got those wood floors. Yeah,
1: I know. Well, kind of. I had to like get it out of the grains because it like got down in the grains, So I had to like mm-hmm. use my fingernail to like get down in there. It was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Depending on how this episode goes, this might be an outtake. All right. Right. Are you ready?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm ready.